Studios, here's Mike Gill. Happy Hour Friday on a Friday of the first week of the NFL season. Eagles and Washington this Sunday on 97.3 ESPN. Happy Hour Friday with the PT is brought to you by OddsTrader.com. To win at sports betting, you need the right live information. The best website to get it at is OddsTrader.com, your personal sports betting command center. Happy Hour Fridays with the PT. Now on the Sports Bash, Peter. Michael, happy Friday. The sun is finally shining. Our 30 days of rain, or what it felt like, uh, has ended, and uh, football is right around the corner. And we uh, had football last night, too. We did have a little football last night. Did you watch the game? Were you on Phil's? No, I watched the game, and uh, it was, I mean, you know, I watched everything. I wondered if they booed when they had their moment of solidarity. I, I thought I heard that. I wondered if uh, anybody was ever going to bring some anti-fogging spray for Andy Reid's visor. I mean, it just I was watching everything. I was playing against Travis Kelsey in a fantasy league, so, you know, the minute he scored the touchdown, I thought, like, well, he could be in for a big night. PT could be in trouble. But, hey, at least I was present for my fantasy draft, and I didn't put it on auto-pick. Yeah, well, there's something I wanted to bone it. I'm glad you brought that up because I would have totally forgot. <laughs> you bailed out of the league? Like, no camaraderie? No friends? No, like, hey, let's just uh, for, for a little, uh, you know, Nothing. What, what are you talking about? I bailed out of the league. I was I was never in the ninety seven three league last year. Thank God the league filled up without me, and you didn't need me. Plus, I was already in my big money league. Yep. And then this year, I wasn't invited. Nobody nobody came and asked me to be. Oh wow! Player. Josh said he invited you, and you told him that and that you only wanted to be in one league. Well, I, I want to be in my big money league, but I I, I almost Mike Gill. I almost was caught with no league whatsoever, you know. So I, I actually had to pick up a league at the last minute uh, with Michael, my girlfriend's son. He, yep. He's uh, in a league with people that he works with. So, uh, And like you, I will say this. I, I listen to both sides of the argument. ESPN's website for fantasy football is not the industry standard, which is CBS. I'm sorry. That's just, that's just the facts, ma'am, like they used to say on Dragnet. And the truth of it is, is when you spent – 15, 16, 20 years going to the same website that, you know, they make a lot of money, so they improve that thing every single year. You know, look, you, you get what you pay for, or in some cases, what you don't. ESPN offers a free website. That's what this league went with. And, you know, I was able to draft fine. I didn't hit auto-pick or anything like that, but but it wasn't the same. I, I, had, a, I had an interesting draft night because I was kind of looking for some of the features, you know, that you normally get. Well, PT, we all have that first league that we really, truly care about. And this is more of the, hey, let's have some fun. Maybe we can make some jokes on the air about what happened at the Fantasy League. So I feel like you kind of copped out here. You should be a part of this thing. No, I have no problem making jokes on Gil's behalf. And it's much easier to make the jokes when you're not in the league. I mean, look, I wasn't in the league last year. It isn't like this is breaking news, fellas. I wasn't in it last year because I was focusing on my big money league. I'm not in it this year, and that means I can just ridicule the both of you for all the choices you make. Although Gil's running back that he really wanted looks pretty damn good last night. Yeah, thanks a lot. But uh, you really should be in the league. I mean, come on now. (laughs) You can say it as many times as you want. You know, that's fine. Uh, say, say it repeatedly. It's not going to change my position. Yeah. Um, so 
last night the Phillies fall apart again and the bullpen. So I want to ask you this question. As much as people were critical of Gabe Kapler last year, do we have to look back at that and wonder, huh, I wonder if it was more that this bullpen stunk last year and the year before, or was Gabe Kapler as bad, or is maybe Joe Girardi not as good of a manager as we thought? Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I'm not ready to throw Joe under the bus yet. I have no problem throwing Gabe under the bus. And look, you but how can, can we throw one with... and not the other? I mean, Kapler was given. First off, this roster is better than the two rosters Kapler had. No, not the I, I, Yes, I agree with that. But the bullpen is so bad that the bullpen is letting down the rest of the of the ball club. I mean, you know, if they don't make the playoffs, which it's almost impossible not to in the number of teams that do, but if they don't, the bullpen is obviously going to be the reason why. And, you know, look, if you're Gabe Kapler out there, what arm do you choose? They all stink. There's not a single arm out there that's reliable and dependable, and let's go to that guy every single night, and for sure he's going to get the job done. The way I look at this, Gil, is, you know, when you talk about Popovich and we look at how, you know, the playoffs weren't in play, well, that's because you didn't have great talent this year. When you have great talent and you got a coach, well, then normally you can have great results. So I think that's kind of where you're at when it comes to Joe Girardi. It's like, well, with bad talent, you're going to get bad results. With good talent, you'll get good results. And with great talent, you'll get great results. Okay, I can I can kind of hear what you're saying, but I'm saying they had bad, they had average talent the last couple of years, and we blasted Kapler. Well, no, that's fair. And, and he that's got all personality based. I think he got more out of that team, those teams, the last two years than they really should have gotten. I, I, all right, I'll give you a point on that, but I mean, I also think that you know, look, you the the starting pitching and the bullpen. Like, I don't think that as you look at Jake Arrieta right now, there were people last night that said, "Well, Jake Arrieta did his job." Five and a third is doing your job. No, I'd, li- I'd like to see eight. You know that that to me would be doing your job. You know, and and for how much money they're paying Jake Arrieta, obviously when he only goes five and a third, that means you have to call in ding ding ding. Baseball's worst bullpen or one of the worst bullpens. I mean, that's the problem too. Yeah, but is, PT, you know, and then here's the thing: you had a six-three lead in the eighth inning. So you have a 6-3 lead in the eighth inning. I I don't know if I can really get on Jake. I thought Jake Arrieta battled through, and he probably should have been better. He did allow them to flirt with some runs throughout the beginning of the game, and he was walking batters on four pitches. But, I mean, with where he is in his career, while I understand he's getting paid to go eight innings, I just feel 20, like that's $25 million. You realize there's only so much money to go around. $25 million you're paying a guy that – Sometimes gives you two and a third. Sometimes gives you five and a third. Bounce back and gave you like six or seven and gave you a traditional starter's effort. But it's it's he's not the Jake Arrieta that was with the Cubs. That's for sure. Well, that's there's no question. And look, Arrieta has been up and down. I thought last night he at least gave the game and got you to. I mean, look, could you want him to go eight? Aaron Noel doesn't go eight every single time. To suggest that he's supposed to go eight innings is is asinine. To be honest with you, come on. Well, listen, the fact that, I mean, that's as close as I've seen Joe Girardi to crying last night. As he was trying to explain to the media why Zach Wheeler now was having an issue, I don't even think I heard the full explanation. He, he caught he his fingernail in his, he, like he, he, he ripped his fingernail off in the zipper of his pants. Oh, God. That sounds like a PT move. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I mean, the only other person I can envision having that happen is you. Seriously. Like, so he might not pitch on Monday now either. They got a seven game series. 
Uh, Nola's pitching here tonight, and then they got the second game. I don't know who's even starting that game. It's a bullpen game. Yeah, so I actually, just to let you know, I tweeted something pretty ballsy about 10 minutes ago, and I want to get both of your thoughts. So the tweet I put out there, you can follow me on Twitter, at Broads81. The Phillies bullpen won't allow one run in both games combined today. Your thoughts? Eh. No way. Of course they're going to allow one run. They It'll be shocking if they don't allow one run from the first pitcher that does come in to make They're the They're starting you know? the second game. <laughs> That's the, true. The bullpen yeah. is starting it, game two. They're I pitching, was really expecting some support here, fellas. They're pitching all no. nine innings. <laughs> I mean, it's seven. Oh, that's right. They're pitching all seven innings. PT, Eagles-Washington. Give me a um, rundown of what happens in this game on Sunday. Well, I'm scared the bejesus out of me about uh, basically Washington's strength is our weakness right now. You know, three-fifths of the offensive line is not going to – or what you thought was going to be your starting offensive line is not going to be there. Lane Johnson, I saw some video of him sitting there stretching, but is he going to be able to go? You know, I mean, uh, I'm just really, really worried about, you know, seeing Chase Young breaking through all day or Montez Sweat breaking through and and, uh, Carson Wentz is running for his life. That, That, to me, is my worst nightmare. Now, that said, you know, obviously the Eagles secondary has improved. Darius Slay's back there. You've got uh, uh, Nickel Roby Coleman. Is that how you say the guy's name, right? You know, I mean, I, I think their secondary is in better shape. And uh, I, to me, I look at it like the Eagles have to have some catastrophic mess, a.k.a. like Wentz gets injured, for them not to win the football game. But I don't think it's going to be like a runaway thing. Look, it's not that long ago in fact, just a year ago, that I was watching Terry McLaurin run all over him and nobody could stop him, and they needed heroics out of Deshaun Jackson just to win the football game. I think it's going to be one of those agonizing, pop the tums, you're getting agita, you can't believe your team's playing like this. Oh, we pulled it off, oh, thank God. You know, I feel it's going to go like that. PT score is? I got 24-14 Eagles. I think that it's a close game for a long time, and then the birds pull away. So that's two covers so far. I'm the only one that doesn't think they're going to cover the right. five and a half. Man. What do you think, Gil? We'll get your score uh, at the end of the show. I'll give you mine as well. PT got 24-14. Andrew Checo 24-16. And we'll give our picks a bit. I know Josh will give his tonight on game night. Who's got to Andy Benoit tonight, by the way, at 620 on game night. That leads you right into game seven of the Celtics and the Raptors. Happy Hour Friday with Pete Thompson. It's brought to you by OddsTrader.com. To win the sports betting, you need the right live information. The best website to get it, OddsTrader.com, your personal sports betting command center. All right, Peter, have a great Friday. All right, you guys too, and uh, go Birds. All right. Uh, it's been Pete Thompson, like August, appeared via the Boardwalk Honda hotline. All right, coming up, Casey Joyner. One thought on every game and the matchups to watch in the Eagles game. We'll go in-depth on birds. Where's the matchups to exploit, the matchups to watch? And he'll give us one thought on every week one game. That's next with NFL Insider, the the football. Back to the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN. Oh, happy hour Friday, football Friday, NFL Week 1 is here, Casey Joyner, NFL Insider is here, 
One thought on every game, the matchups in the Philadelphia-Washington game. We got it all as Casey Joyner is back with us for NFL 2020. Check out his new site. It's called Pay Dirt, a uh, awesome football analytics center. You can check out more on Pay Dirt. Follow Casey Joyner at KC Joyner TFS. And also, he's picking games this year. His week one picks are now available at PickWatch, NFLPickWatch.com, where you can get confidence levels on each and every one of his game picks for the 2020 season. And he joins us now on the Boardwalk Honda Hotline, as he will each and every Friday and Monday to recap week one of the series season. But first, we need to take a look at all the matchups. Casey Joyner, welcome back. Uh, it is fantastic to be here. It doesn't. It's kind of surreal. I was talking to somebody online yesterday, and he's like, "It's surreal. It's here." It's like, "Yeah, but it's here. It's so awesome." It is awesome. The game last night. Let's get a quick take on that because it was awesome. It was great to have the game back. The no, I mean, there was a limited crowd there, but it didn't really affect the game too much. But what I saw was a Chiefs team that's going to be tough to beat in the AFC been saying all off season that if you look at Kansas City late last year, first half of the season they're like they were in twenty eighteen, lots of scoring, lots of passing, but they're six and four in their first ten. Last nine games of the season if you include the playoffs. Only twice that they have three hundred plus net passing yards and three times they had fewer than two hundred net passing yards. This is a team that wants to run the ball. They'll go vertical if you'll let them, but if you want to sit back there and take away the vertical stuff, they will power on you all day long. And now that they can beat you both ways and they get a good defense, this is a juggernaut. All right, Casey, let's get in the matchups to watch. Philadelphia, Washington, interesting game because Washington new coach. We don't know what to expect from them, but Ron Rivera, he's been with Carolina. Eagles offensive line, it's a mess. Jason Peters is back at left tackle. We don't know who's going to play right tackle if Lane Johnson's ready to go or not. The right guard's going to be new. So that offensive line of the Eagles against the defensive line from Washington. I, yeah, you know, if you looked at the, if you just said, hey, by the way, that this is who the starting lineup could be, you said Peter, Samalo, Kelsey, Johnson at right tackle, if they if plays, and they had prior. If you said that coming in the season, you'd go, oh, that's fine. But you go, no, that's not how it happened. You had all these injuries, people moving around, so I hate the uncertainty up front. Having said that, Washington had the third lowest or third highest good blocking rate allowed on rush defense last year. I mean, it was just, they just allowed you to get good blocking quite frequently. I don't think their defense has improved that much. I'm concerned for the Eagles, but if I'm them, maybe I do a lot of spreading the offense out and things and spreading the defense out. So maybe you only have to go six in the box, something of that nature, and, and try and give your offensive lineman a little less to go with. But I'd also go two tight end sets. If they do that, they can make up for these, uh, these inconsistency issues. All right, Ertz, uh, Jackson's back. Rieger's going to play. Goddard, they've got Miles Sanders, the Eagles' weapons against the Washington linebackers in secondary. Well, Boston Scott, too. I mean, if you want to add him in there, too, as far as somebody who could rotate in if Sanders and that hamstring or slow him up. Sanders last year in the last quarter of the season, he had a, uh, a nine, 9.4 yards per attempt in my good blocking yards per attempt metric, which measures how it's basically a breakaway metric. And if you're at 10 in that metric, you're in the elite of the, of the elite in the league. Only one back had 10 plus last year. So he, when you give him good blocking, can get that kind of a breakaway ability. So even if the Eagles offensive line only gives him good run blocking, say 35, 40% of the time, he can still break off some big plays. 
Jackson, if he's back to full strength, they won't miss Jeffrey, and they can tear the top off the defense because the uh, Washington has two people in their secondary, two cornerbacks in their secondary, who allowed a completion rate of 75% or higher last year. So they've got people who can go target. Uh, how about the Eagles' new-look secondary? Darius Slay, Avante Maddox, Nikel Roby Coleman. You got Jalen Mills playing safety against the Washington. McLaurin blitzed them last year with Haskins in that game. Uh, so does that is that a problem? I measure as you know, I've been set up over the years. I measure my cornerbacks if I'm doing when I do my uh, my start sit rankings and my for my start sit service on my site. My cornerback rankings are red as a cornerback you should avoid in, in fantasy. I know it's a really strong cornerback. Yellow is okay. Green is a bad cornerback. I've got the Eagles actually across the whole secondary. I've got the Eagles as Maddox at red rated, Mills at red rated at strong safety. I got Slay at red rated. I got Roby Coleman as red rated. I got four of the five as red rated. People are talking about Slay's going to have to follow McLaurin. I just remember what happened last year, but they were talking about he's going to have to. I don't think he has to. I think they should because you want to get some practice in and, and having somebody do some shadow coverage that they want to do this year. But I'm looking at the secondary going, if talent level – holds up, and they play to their talent level, I think that it's a mismatch for the Eagles in the secondary. Uh, what about the Eagles' defensive front against that Washington offensive line? Trent Williams no longer there. Their line's just been iffy. Uh, the Eagles, you know, Graham, if Barnett plays, Fletcher Cox, uh, Malik Jackson. What, how do you like that matchup? Yeah, um, I, I like the matchup because the Eagles are going to play, uh, uh, obviously, their typical one gap. We're going to get upfield. And the Eagles last year had the third lowest good blocking rate allowed on defense. It's typical for them. That's what they've done every year. They're usually on 35% range. And Washington's offensive line last year had the third lowest good blocking rate on offense. I don't think that they're going to be able to get their ball carriers, quality run blocking, and even a third of the carries. And plus, who are they? I mean, their running backs are – <laughs> they've got a rotation at running back. Is it going to be McKissick? Is it going to be Gibson? They've got Bryce Love ranked fourth. They got Barber. They, I mean, they, they've rotated people all around. I don't think they know what their backfield wants to be. So they've got not only offensive line continuity issues, they have backfield issues in their backs. So I just think this is going to be. I don't. I think we're going to see some ugly football from Washington this week. Okay. Well, uh, where's the one matchup that is the biggest difference in this game? The one matchup that is the biggest difference in this game, I, I mentioned the Eagles in the secondary. I think the way that they've gone from a safety-centric secondary to a cornerback-centric secondary, I think that if they can keep McLaurin in check, and I really believe that they can, as long as they don't blow any coverages, and it's really hard to say early in the season because you're going to get mistake coverages. You saw some of that last night, so you might get that. But as long as they don't have any blown coverages, and maybe that's why you stick to all-man coverage and slay on McLaurin, if you take him out of the contest, Washington has nobody else. They've got no tight ends, and the receiving core behind McLaurin is terrible. I think it's a total mismatch there for the Eagles if it plays out to the talent level. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, uh, is he capable? He had a huge game against Philly last time. Is he capable to lead Washington to an upset? Washington will utilize his rushing ability, I think, more this year than they did last year. At least they're going to be willing to. Obviously, because Rivera with Newton, he was he crafted a lot of game plans that did that. Having said that, I just Haskins makes a lot of mistakes. He's still he's very much a young quarterback. He's got I mean some young quarterbacks. Get the speed quickly. He didn't last year. I think he's going to force a lot of passes into coverage. I think of the Eagles and the way that uh, the uh, mismatch they have in their secondary. I think they can get a lot of picks from him. So maybe if they put in game plan, a game plan that allows him to use a lot of his 
just natural rushing ability and maybe some plays on the run, maybe that would do it. But if they just try and stick with the standard game plan script, I don't think it's a good way for them to go on this one. Give me your thoughts on Carson Wentz in year five. In year five. It doesn't seem like it's been that long, has it? Nope. Year five. Um, Carson Wentz in year five, I think he needs. he's shown now that he can stay healthy. I think he needs to continue to show that he can stay healthy. And I want to see him, though, Every year we go in and there's some kind of big changes. and there's something. Even this year, the wide receiving core, not even one Eagles receiver last year played on 60% of the snaps. The only one who came closest uh, was Aguilar, and obviously he's of the Raiders now. So they, they've got so much turnover. I'd love to see a season where you know, we're already seeing injuries, but he has Jackson, he has Rager, he has Ertz, he has Goddard, and he has all these receivers in his backs, and this offense stays relatively healthy for him because if he can get one year where he can get a relatively healthy offense, I think then we're going to see what type of player he can be, but right now he's having to make do with all these issues around him, and we have to factor that in because if you take all those things into account, he's been playing quite well. We'll get Casey Joyner's pick on this game in just a few minutes, but first, let's get one thought on every game in week number one from Casey Joyner, and of course you can uh, check him out at Casey Joyner TFS. Uh, Pay Dirt is up and active for the 2020 season, and uh, NFLPickWatch.com is where he has all his picks and his confidence level on all those picks. Let's get one thought on each game. Seattle traveled across the country. Atlanta, we got, uh, you know, Atlanta... This is maybe the last run for this offense here with Ryan and Jones and Ridley. I mean, they got Gurley there now, too, so it's a lot different look. It is a lot different look. Um, Seattle's got the longest road trip in week one. They you know, traveled 2,182 miles, and you'd think that'd be a terrible thing. But last year, in games where they haven't traveled to the Eastern Time Zone, they were 6-0. and uh, they also have Atlanta. Has, Atlanta secondary has it's the most favorable pass defense matchup according to my rankings this week. So I got Seattle winning this one. Got confidence level five on this. All right, uh, Jets. They finished seven and nine. Who knew last year? But everybody loves Buffalo. Is this one of those games where everybody loves Buffalo and the Jets can sneak one out? Surprising people don't think that. You know, Gase turned a four-win caliber roster in Miami into a solid club. And my dude. It's, uh, the Jets won six of the last eight games last year, and if uh, and if Darnold didn't miss the first three games of the season, they're probably a playoff contender. I still think Buffalo has a huge talent edge, not maybe, actually a significant talent edge, not as big as it had been in past years, and the Jets are still having a lot of turnover and things. But Alan, I've got Buffalo winning this one because of that, but only confidence level two. Uh, ooh, a nice close game, a possibly confidence level two. Bears, Trubisky's back again, but Stafford's back for the Lions. Detroit was a mess without him last year. Things different with him in the lineup. It, it is different. Uh, last year, he only played eight games. So if he uh, prorated his eight-game performance over 16 games, he had 5,000 passing yards, 38 touchdowns, only 10 picks. Problem for them is Galvez hurt. I think they, like a lot of teams, are going to take it very carefully with any of their injured players. They don't want to take these players who haven't gotten into full condition and and wear them out early on and cause a short-term issue to be a long-term. Having said that, they've got Marvin Jones. They've got plenty of other talent in the secondary. And Chicago, or receiving core in Chicago secondary, nowhere near as good as it would be as it had been in past years. So I got Detroit, conference level six. Green Bay, Minnesota, these two teams. I think uh, you know you have the two other teams in the North playing. These two teams playing. Uh, Minnesota made the big move to get in Gawkway. They've obviously traded away Diggs, Green Bay. I think they, last year they had that big year, but people didn't buy into them. I guess they can make a statement here, but they got to go to Minnesota. They've only won one of the last four road contests at Minnesota, and that was last year when Cook and Madison were out, and Vikings had Mike Boone, and that didn't work. So I bet you Cook and Madison are healthy right now. 
problem for Minnesota is that they just lost Daniel Hunter to an injury, so their pass rush, which would have been a great one-two pass rush in Galway, now it's kind of a one-pass rush. Even saying that, I just like the idea that Minnesota at home, it's their roughly equal talent, but I'll take Minnesota at home with their healthy running backs. Only Convats level three, though. All right, Miami going to New England. Don't know what to expect from the Patriots. It's Cam Newton's team now. Miami, last year we thought, I remember having conversations with you about how bad they were, that uh, how embarrassing it was. They turned things around, Miami, a little bit. Don't know uh, if they're a playoff team yet, but I'm not sure what we think about New England. Miami won five out of the last nine games last year. Five and four in their last nine. It's like, wow, for a team that lost 59 nothing in Baltimore was giving up on their, their team and their coach and all that. I mean, Brian Flores kept it together, and that's, that's kudos to him. I mean, New England lost Brady. They lost a ton of defensive talent. They don't even know right now. If you look at their depth chart, they don't have a kicker listed. They 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 have their two kickers in in preseason. They might be bringing somebody else in. So we don't even know who they've got kicking for them. But they've got Newton. They've got a receiving core that's probably better than people think. And they're going to have a game plan that's centric for Newton's talent. I think that's enough to give them the edge, especially at home. I think Miami keeps it close. I got New England this one with a conference level six. New coach in Carolina, Matt Rule is in the house. An old coach in Vegas, John Gruden in year number two. Carolina's obviously got the new quarterback with Bridgewater. Henry Ruggs makes his debut for the Raiders. Uh, kind of an under-the-radar interesting game. Under-the-radar, I would agree with that. Um, Bridgewater, I don't think, last year in New Orleans, I think they ran a run-heavy offense. I think Carolina's going to let him throw the ball 600-plus times. I think they're going to make this, when you look at their roster composition, they kept a lot of receivers and such. I think they're going to have him throw the ball. Plus, I love Ian Thomas. Fantasy football, I think he's a tremendous sleeper, and I think he's somebody who could see 100 targets and play quite well. The Raiders have, uh, it's a very favorable matchup, a 73 matchup points out of 100 for the Panthers in this one. So that, that's a big plus. The big thing that scares me about this is uh, uh, Raiders last year, they were 2-6 and six on the road, and they were 1-5 in, in games. They had to go either to the Central or Eastern time zone. So they don't play on the road well, so i got Carolina competence level 4. I like it. I drafted Ann Thomas in my fantasy league, actually. Jacksonville, everybody thinks they're the Dolphins of last year. The Colts have Phillip Rivers under center now. they got to travel to Jacksonville. It's Gardner Minshew getting the start for the Jags. Uh, obviously, Indianapolis, It's a they're a big-time road favorite in this game. Is Jacksonville as bad as everybody says? I think Jacksonville is as bad as everybody says. And the thing is, when the if the locker room, and I don't say this is happening, but if the locker room thinks that the front office is tanking the season or is just thinking, hey, we want to get Trevor Lawrence, if that's what the locker room ends up thinking, it could be a lock of players versus management kind of situation. It can really devolve quickly. And I think that's an ugly thing there. But the Colts... Better all line, great backfield with their their two running backs, great Thunder and Lightning core. They've got Rivers, they've got a tremendous linebacking core. I just I think it's one of the best picks of the week. I've got Colts with a confidence level nine. Would have made it ten. I just don't Ooh. like to put a ten confidence level in week one. <laughs> confidence level nine on that one. A road win in the division. All right, Cleveland and Baltimore. Obviously, Baltimore fourteen and two, disappointing loss. Cleveland had a disappointing season last year. Lock more quiet in Cleveland this year. Um, could they go on the road and knock off Baltimore? There's no fans there. No fans there, but I, I, and they also have, I mean, J.C. Treader, the Browns center is questionable. They're out going to be missing Kevin Johnson on their cornerbacks. They're going to be missing Greedy Williams. I mean, so the secondary is going to be already missing two cornerbacks going into this matchup. It's I know the fans are going to be in the stands, but it's still at Baltimore. Baltimore blocks better. they got a better quarterback, a better secondary. I'll be the best kicker in the league. 
weekend. It's another game that would have been a 10 combats level if it wasn't in week one. Definitely taking Baltimore. All right. Uh, it's the Chargers heading to Cincinnati. Burrow, A.J. Green's back. Tyler Boyd, some nice weapons. Mixon, Chargers are going to go with Tyrod Taylor as the Rivers era comes to a close. Two teams with not great expectations. Not great expectations. Um, I think one of the underrated storylines here that's just coming out today is the Chargers could be missing as many as three offensive linemen in this contest. So that's that's a very, very big deal that they could be missing those players. It's not enough. And I, mind you, the Bengals, you mentioned Burrow, and they've got Mixon, and they've got uh, Boyd, and they've got Green. I mean, they've got some talent on that offense. Even if John Ross is uh, actually going to be the number three, he won the spot over T. Higgins, and Ross is a tear-the-top-off-the-defense kind of player. So you've got a number of big play players there. I still like the Chargers defense, even without Duran James, and it's it's tough to pick them. I'd pick them at the conference level six earlier this week. I think I'm going to drop that down to a three. Maybe the most intriguing game of the weekend, it is Tom Brady's debut in Tampa. Going to New Orleans, no fans at the Superdome. That changes some things, but it's Breeze versus Brady. I mean, combined age, about 85 between those two guys, but man, we'll see them both slinging around, I'm sure. Definitely. Uh, I Mind you, the Saints want to be a run, if not a run-centric team, they want to be a run-heavier team. They're going to kind of be like the like Kansas City is, and that, that, there's a lot of trends leaning in that direction for them to do that. They don't want Brees to pass him 600 times. Brady, they'll have him throw 600 times, but missing Mike Evans is doubtful for this contest. He's probably going to miss. That's going to be a problem. The Saints offense is every bit as good as the Bucks offense, and the Saints have the better defense. It's a really tough pick this week, but it is at New Orleans, and the New Orleans has a slightly better deal, or actually a, a, probably a step up on defense. You combine those two together, I'm going to New Orleans with a confidence level of two, but it's truly toss-up. Oh, uh, yes, uh, that should be a good one. We'll have that game at 5 o'clock right after the Eagles coverage on 97.3 ESPN. Arizona, I like this team. I don't know if they're a playoff team yet, but they wouldn't surprise me if they were one of the teams that didn't make it last year, that ends up making it this year. you got to love DeAndre Hopkins. Murray was exciting last year, but San Francisco, you know, this is one of the best defenses in the league they get stuck with in week number one. It is, and Murray's a sleeper MVP, and Kenyon Drake had uh, nearly breakaway numbers and good blocking yards per attempt. Hopkins, you know, as you mentioned, is, is, is tremendous, and they actually have a pretty talented receiving core across the board. Problem is, is I don't Arizona. I have trouble seeing them in power matchups. They can play a certain type of game, but you put them into a power matchup where they got to go do smash mouth with another team. They haven't shown they can handle that yet. In San Francisco, that's what they excel at. Because of that, San Francisco, I'm going to take San Francisco in this on confidence level of five, but Arizona's going to show that they can do that because if they don't, this problem's going to come up again and again for them. Sunday Night Football right here on 97.3 ESPN. It is the Cowboys and the Rams. Uh, a lot of people like this Cowboys team. They added, uh, obviously, uh, another weapon in the draft and uh, CeeDee Lamb and the Rams. This is a team that went to the Super Bowl two years ago, so it's an intriguing Sunday Night matchup. Very intriguing matchup. Lamb, people don't think, I was hearing from fantasy managers going, oh, there's no way that CeeDee Lamb can be an impact player on that offense. You know, there's such a run-heavy offense. I'm like, okay, the Rams had three impact receivers, and they have a run-heavy offense. So I think that's exactly what Dallas can be. You can have Gallup and Lamb and Cooper and, and, and have a tremendous, and plus Blake Jarwin, too, by the way. I think he's going to be a very under-the-radar player this year. Love him in fantasy. Um, Los Angeles has Van Jefferson as their rookie receiver. He's going to be stepping up, too, so I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Dallas is the edge of quarterback and running back, but they don't have an edge in other areas. When I look at it all, I'm going to pick the Rams. Just to, it's a kind of an upset pick, but confidence level of two just because they're playing at home, but hey, this could go either way. All right, uh, two Monday night games. We will break those down on Monday with Casey Joyner. He'll be back to recap all the week one action at 515 
on Monday night. Plus, we'll look ahead to the two Monday night games. That's Pittsburgh, New York, Tennessee, and Denver. You can hear both those games on 97.3 ESPN. Before we let Casey Joyner run, though, we got to get his pick and confidence level for the Eagles and Washington, a game you'll hear on Sunday at 1 right here on 97.3 ESPN. Philly on the road. They've played Washington very well down there. They've beaten them six straight times, 14-9 overall at FedEx Field. So uh, it is uh, Carson Wentz and Dwayne Haskins, your starting quarterbacks. Casey Joyner, who do you like? Definitely like Philadelphia in this one. I kicked around the confidence level. I could have gone even higher on this, but because the Eagles have so much turnover in the offensive line and you know, the, the in, inconsistency there, and the wide receiver turnover and everything else that they have, plus they changed six starters in defense, Hargraves out. So, I mean, they just have, if it wasn't for that, I'd make a confidence level nine in this. I'm going confidence level of seven, but I probably actually feel stronger about it than that. I'm just playing a little bit safe. So Eagles uh, win the game, confidence level 7 for Casey Joyner. Casey Joyner at uh, KC Joyner TFS. You can get him there on, of course, uh, his uh, Twitter. And uh, introducing Pay Dirt. Check that out as well. And uh, get your picks each week at NFLPickWatch.com. His week one pick em select- selections are up, and you can get that at uh, NFLPickWatch.com. Casey Joyner's back on Monday to recap week one. Likes the Eagles to win uh, week one against Washington. All right, Casey, enjoy the football. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yeah, man. And Casey Joyner, like all guests, appeared via the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. It's brought to you by SHM Financial. Are you quickly approaching or currently in retirement? Don't get overwhelmed. Contact SHM Financial now by calling 800-MONEY-SHM. That's 800 money SHM week one. He said confidence level seven on this Eagles. He said he was gonna he would go to nine, but uh, Hargrave being out kind of brought it down. Oh, so Hargrave is a two two point swing, if you will, on the confidence <laughs> level. There was a couple other reasons, but yeah, Hargrave. I forgot the fact that he's not going to play. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey not playing. He's the other one. The injury report right now is up on our website ninety seven three ESPN dot com. That includes a big name that's playing, Jalen Rieger. Huge, huge. That brings my excitement level up. I just wish, and we don't know yet, if Miles Sanders goes. I really just want to see what this offense is all about. But one of the things Adam Kaplan brought up to us that I never really thought about is, let's look at the weather. Are they going to risk Miles Sanders if it's going to be raining or if it's going to be you know, some sort of bad spot for him to be in due to the weather? Would they risk it then? So he likes Philly. PT likes Philly. Andrew DeCecco likes Philly. Scores are going around. Let's get the scores in. I'm nervous. You nervous? Uh, I don't think it's a blowout. Me neither. You want me to go first? Yeah, what's your score? I just asked you that. All right. I didn't know if we were like kind of teasing it, having some fun. You just want me to come right out with it. That's all right. Uh, 24 to 20, Eagles. So they do not cover, but I do think they get the job done. 24-20 Eagles for Broads. All right, I'm going 34-28 Eagles. Whoa, I think there's a lot a of points. Game. Really? Yep, I do. You, you think the offense is going to have that much flow in them? I do. I think that, well, I watched last night. I thought the tackling was abysmal <laughs> in the game last night. True. A lot of weapons, man. Eagles have a lot of weapons on the offensive side of the ball, and I think the Eagles... You know, I, I, I don't I don't think the defense is gonna be this bad. I just feel like 
it's going to be one of those games where the momentum is going to go back and forth and like you know and I think it's uh, one of those things where I think the Eagles might be up late and the Redskins maybe get a late one or Washington gets a late one. And oh, then all of a sudden, whoa, hold on a second. Where's the tape? Where's yeah. the tape? Yep, we was, got it. That was my first. Yeah, well, you almost slipped up earlier. I gave you a little smile. Over I almost here, did. Yeah. There so maybe thir- maybe thirty four twenty four will be my official. Okay, so you're gonna you're gonna go back a bit. Yeah, I just I remember the last couple of seasons watching this team and how stressful it was early in the games. They couldn't score points in the first quarter. You know how it was. Yeah, but I think they have the weapons to get past that this time. Well, I, I really hope so. You know, you're right though. They did add. They added speed. Rager Sanders. I mean, now you have weapons and and Sanders is in his second year so I do anticipate them being able to move the ball better than they have been I just want to see it that's all I think because they haven't been able to really get much flow with their offense due to the offseason I expect it to get to that point that you're speaking about I just don't know if it'll be game one yeah all right well there you go Andrew Dacheco 24-16 Broads 24-20 PT 24-14 Casey Joyner has the Eagles winning confidence level seven. <laughs> Love that. And I got 34-24. All right. Josh Here will give you go. his pick tonight during game night with Andy Benoit at 6-20 tonight. So the coverage continues, leading you right into Celtics-Raptors game seven. Who do you like in that one? I like the Celtics. Ooh. I like the Celtics. You know, this game's in Toronto. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. How could I forget? I think I'm going Toronto. Can you believe right now, not to get too sidetracked off Game 7, but we are giving our picks for Eagles Game 1. It's 5.43 on a Friday, happy hour Friday, leading us up into Eagles football on Sunday. What? Juiced. What? You know, I feel like Monday, if they win and we're in, and that will be the day where you really feel it. You think you'll cry in the shower on Monday? No. Me neither. Me neither. You sure? Yeah. Yeah. All right, we got five coming up for the weekend. The weekend five. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Crying in the shower, breaking your finger now in your pants. I mean, what's going on in this world? Sports Bash Live, the weekend five is up next. This is the radio home of Philadelphia Eagles football. The Eagles open the 2020 season in the nation's capital against the Washington football team. He is hit. Down he goes. And that can wrap it up. Pre-game coverage begins at noon. All right, get ready for the weekend. Five questions as we get ready to wrap out, wrap up a Friday, happy hour Friday show. Here we go. All right, we're going to go heavy on the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, of course. Does Lane Johnson start? That's a good question. Lane Johnson, does he start? Um, did he practice today? Was he, like, involved? He was limited at practice. Okay. Um, been limited all three days. I think he'll play. Wow, okay. That's a tough one, though. How many sacks for Brandon Graham? I mean, what kind of questions are these? Well, what do you mean? I mean, let's be realistic. It's going to be zero or one. I mean, it's not like it's that. He's not going to have seven. None. Right? He gets none. Okay, I don't think it's that ridiculous of a question. It's not like he's going to have anything more than two. Um, Who's going to score the first touchdown for the Eagles? Okay, now that's a good question. Well, thank you. Uh, Miles Sanders. No, I take that back. 
Deshaun Jackson. Okay. Goes long. Now, comes who right actually... Out comes right What's... out with the bomb. Oh, first play, little Andy. I don't know about first play, but first series, they go deep. Okay, so that, that comes into my next question. Who scores first, the Washington football team or the Eagles? I'll go Burtz. Okay. Yeah. Probably a field goal. <laughs> That's how they're going to start this bad boy off. A nice chip shot. 47-yarder. That's not a chip shot. That's a nice, that's a nice field he goal. He misses again. the chippies. He misses the chippies, but Elliot You're hits. right. Yeah. You're right. He nails the 50-plus, and then he misses the 30s. Right. Interesting. All right, this is just a random number that I made up in my head, but Carson Wentz over under 300 yards. I go under 300 yards. I think they throw the ball around the yard. He's got a lot of weapons, gets the ball to Rieger, Ertz, Goddard. Jackson has a big day. Even right, Sanders. So under. Uh, no, over. Over. I'm sorry. That's why when you started saying that, I'm like, wait a second. I thought you said under. Uh, okay. The earlier said X-Factor player, Boston Scott. That means a couple catches out of the backfield. Definitely. You know? Definitely. All right, I think he had some good answers today. You're 30 and 20 on the season, and on uh, Monday we'll reflect. All right, looking forward to that. So some final thoughts on this Eagles game. Here's one thing. I said I got Eagles 34-24. I think the offensive line, that's another reason why I think this is a shootout game. Something Casey Joyner brought up, though. Washington's very good at the pass rush. They don't stop the run all that well. But they got good up-the-field pass rushers. So you could see the Eagles try to run. The problem is I don't know that I believe Doug Peterson will run the ball all that much. That's very true. That's a great point. And think about it. Miles Sanders questionable right now. Corey Clement, he magically found his way on the uh, – he was on the injury report on Thursday, and then now it looks like he's good to go. But what does he have in the tank, you know? Um, yeah, and I don't – well, I don't know how much – Sanders has in the tank. I don't know how much, what workload he's going to have. He was limited at practice, too, again. He's been limited all week long, Miles Sanders. Yeah, he hasn't really been out there that much, and you got to think about being in football shape, you know? I don't know if he's going to be full throttle. How about this kid that they got from Detroit? Does he have much when it comes to his role? Probably not yet, but, I I mean, they clearly felt the need to grab him. Yeah, well, I think he's. they grabbed him more for the kick return game. That's true. Okay. Yeah. So, another thing that I thought about in the break about this game is the Eagle linebackers, how poor they are. Casey mentioned that uh, Washington really doesn't have a tight end, which they don't, and he's right, because what's-his-name used to kill him, Reed, whenever he was healthy enough to play. What's the deal with him? Did he retire with the concussion stuff? Uh, I thought he did, or then he's he's not with Washington anymore. I know that. Then remember last year, Vernon Davis killed him. Oh, my. That touchdown on the sideline. Yeah. So the Eagle linebackers, are they going to play a factor in this game? That's a question. It's a great question. And I think that, you know, that's one of the questions I asked Andrew DiCecco because I was afraid that that's one of the weak points that the Washington football team is going to try to take advantage of. Maybe go underneath. Terry McLaurin, go long. We'll find ways to maybe generate something underneath. But then you got to rely on your offensive line holding up. And with the Eagles powerful defensive front you would think maybe they'd get the Haskins first now don't do you feel better about the defense over the top this year yes yes you know a name we barely brought up today Jalen Mills yeah I'm very interested to see what kind I am okay on the record 
let's go on the record here. I'm on the record to say I think Mills will be a successful safety. I'm glad you didn't say that off the record on the air because that would be a bad look. <laughs> That's true. I think everybody just heard me. Yeah, but, but you people, think he's going to be a, a good people, safety for this team. People hear what they want to hear. That's yes, true. I think Mills will turn out that this will be a good move for them. I think they're going to use him in the in the Malcolm Jenkins role. I would like to agree. I would. I think that he's going to succeed here. I think he's got the right mindset to do it. Right, like that dog mentality. Put the put the last play behind you type mentality. You need that, and I think that he has it. So we'll see. We'll see if it all works out for him. I just don't think he's as good a t- as a tackler as Jenkins was. That's a big. That is difference. a great thing to notice because you are correct. He I, is not a great tackler. But he might be a better coverage guy. True, especially with where he is in his career compared to where Malcolm Jenkins is. That's right. So once again, Broads 24-20, Pete Thompson 24-14, Andrew DeCecco 24-16. I got 34-24. Eagles beat Washington. You can listen to the game this Sunday on 97.3 ESPN. Billy Schwein in the locker room starts at 10 a.m. Sunday morning. Coming up next, Josh Henning has game night. Andy Benoit from Sports Illustrated at 620. South Jersey's favorite sports show, The Sports Bash with Mike Gill, now has a podcast. You can listen to full episodes of your favorite segments, interviews, and more. Like Football at 4, Ask Mike and Bros, and more. Whenever you want, wherever you want. Miss that big interview or reaction to breaking news? Full episodes of the Sports Bash are now available on multiple podcasting platforms like Apple.